0: Heavenly Father, you're the one who never leaves the one behind. We breathe you in from creation until the recreation, for you will leave no one behind. We hold to that. We look forward to that. We believe in that. In Jesus' most beautiful name. Amen and amen. Please be seated. Been a, a heavy passage this week, and um, I'm glad actually. I just saw Peter raise his hand there with the manuscript. So, because I'm preaching today, uh, you may want to copy the manuscript as I have this tendency to speak a little bit faster than everyone else on the planet. And, um, and therefore, if you wish to follow along, then you're welcome to grab and copy the manuscript, and that's they're passing it out. But I. Um, I reflect on this passage all week and uh before this this week as well because it is a beautiful passage i want to thank kevin for bringing us into that moment into that story as well i see that uh looking around i see that we have New community here and um, every week we, we see new faces, new community and it's always beautiful to see new faces and, and also familiar faces as well. It's good to see familiar faces. It's good to see you Larry and, and others as well and I just wanna welcome you to the church to add to all the welcomes that we've had before. Um, I'm glad you're here. I hope that you connect with each other but I just wanna remind you uh, that uh, we are blessed here to be able to experience the fresh living water and, uh, and so I brought some fresh living water Um, This is just water. In fact, I looked this up, and this is actually from spring water. It's really good. Mm. Wow. That's really good. Feel thirsty? Hang on, let me try that again. That's really refreshing. Yeah. You probably should feel a little bit thirsty, because it is actually incredibly refreshing because it comes from 100% spring water, and it is really good water. Fresh living water poured into our life every single day. Thanks, Jay, just look after that for me. This is the same water that I hope that you get to experience all the time. We get to experience this all the time because some of us, for some reason, we like the old well water, but I hope that you also enjoy the fresh spring water. Fresh living water that actually belongs to us so that we can become the new humanity. And this is what we are inside, looking at the series of becoming a new humanity. If you were here last week, then you would have heard Pastor Jay Murdoch as he preached to us and challenged us deeply. And I would encourage you, if you missed it, to go back and look at the message and listen to this message as he challenged us to experience at all the different phases in your life, to be gracious to each other and to listen to it and to hear and experience this fresh living water yourself. But at whatever stage you are, fresh living water, we do this all the time and we experience this. When we meet with family and we read the Bible text, we experience fresh living water. When we listen to the Daily Walk podcast and we react with each other, we experience fresh living water. When we read the Daily Walk here that we send out to other people and study it with each other, we experience, get this, fresh living water. When we log into Asana, you're like, what? You log into Sana and you read the Duplo Technic summary of the commentary on this text, you experience fresh living water. When you join a life group like I do on Tuesdays and other places, you experience fresh living water. When you connect after the worship service here today with a connect group and you study the Word of God and you learn how to connect with each other and with God, you experience fresh living water. And when you come here, as you are right now, whether you're online, hopefully here more, so in a community, then you experience fresh living water as well. And because you do this, you experience fresh living water, it's because that's what we've always wanted. I really believe this. That's what we've always wanted. Well, not everybody does want really fresh living water. It's kind of incredible. Most of us, sometimes, I think we would rather have stale well water But um, fresh living water is what Jesus is kind of pushing us towards. But I don't want you to have any prejudices against the well water or anything like this or be upset about that. And I don't want you to be upset about those who maybe even like other things because we all have different preferences. Yet we would think, surely, surely, because I like fresh living water, you like fresh living water, you should like fresh living water as well. I, for instance, uh, like olives, my wife likes mushrooms, I do not understand this to this day. Mushrooms grow in darkness, they're fungi, they're evil, and slimy, and she thinks they're marvelous. And for all of those of you who are out there thinking, ah, oh, mushrooms, I forgive you, it's okay, it's okay, it's all right, you know, you have to substitute your diet in some kind of form with some kind of slimy substitute, so there you go, enjoy it. But, uh, but you know, I think, that you're thinking to yourself, but that's what we have always wanted. If I offered you a plate, I know, if I offered you a plate of broccoli, would we as a community say, that's what we've always wanted? Well, some of us would, but not all of us. If I said we were all going on vacation, and when I say we, I mean the entire congregation now, we were all going to fit in a kind of magical Alice in Wonderland camper that we all fit inside with one bathroom, right? Right? And, and then the dream vacation for an entire month in this Alice in Wonderland camper with one bathroom involves that every single day we get to read four books. Ugh. That's what we've always wanted. Would that be your response? For some of us be like, yes. For some of us it'd be like, no way. I've said this all the time. If I said to you right now, like, I would ask you just to stand up and go stand next to somebody else like that you don't know in the congregation. Just rise right now, I'm not gonna ask you to do this. Just rise right now and go stand next to somebody else. You'd like walk around the church, feel a little bit awkward and go stand over here and say, and then when you're standing next to them, I say, right, look at them, look into their eyes and you're like, oh no. And that's it today, you will have lunch with that person and you would all respond, that's what I've always wanted. No, you wouldn't. Some of you would be like, yes, I would. And some of you are like, oh no. But this is what we think sometimes, that that's what we've always wanted, whether it comes to mushrooms or olives or broccoli or reading books or lunch with somebody else. It doesn't seem this way with everything. Is everyone a worshipper? Which is what we're looking at today. Because that's what we've always wanted. Our story today is so rich and profound And it's a tapestry woven together so well. Because John, as the final writer of this gospel, as he's writing this story here, is literally just saying, I'm going to write something that you've always wanted. And I know you're thinking to yourself, did I? Yes, you've always wanted. You just didn't know this yet. But sometimes you need to be able to understand this. Sometimes you need to experience it in order to understand it. Sometimes you need to see it in order to understand it and sometimes you just need to be told it flat out in order to understand that you want this. The story, in fact, does not start in John chapter one, or John chapter four, or John chapter three. The story starts in the creation story, when Moses retells the story of creation, that's where John is beginning the story. You think he's beginning John chapter four, he's actually got his mind all the way back in creation inside there where he tells a story in his mind of how Jesus is walking in the garden with Adam and Eve, and they are in the beginning of their relationship where they actually understand that they need each other. They were made for each other, that he himself enjoyed walking in the garden and communing with them, that they were built for community that no one deserves to be lonely why do you think in prisons the greatest punishment they can give to somebody is isolation because they understand the power of breaking down community yet we have people our family who are physically lonely physically lonely because nobody's ever shaken their hand Nobody's ever hugged them. Nobody's ever put their hand on their shoulder. Nobody's ever, like, given them any physical contact in a long time. We have people who are mentally lonely, people who have never had a real good conversation with somebody in a long, long time, who are just taxing and wishing to engage in something that's going to l- bring their mind to another space. We have people who are emotionally lonely, who are just longing to be able to be engaged in another level where their hearts will race and beat and they'll be engaged in another place. And they're just longing for this. And we judge them, these three people, these three places of loneliness, whether it's physical or mental, emotional, we judge them for the way that they fill those voids, with the way that they cope with the vacuum in their lives, with the alternatives that they do with that. We judge them When we meet them at noon, at the well, drinking the stale water. Well, the water versus fresh living water is what John is trying to draw our minds to. So John draws our memory banks all the way back to the story of creation, and I think he does this because he wants to pull us to this place of the new humanity. I don't know if you realize this as we're going through this sermon series, and for those of you who knew, we're in week three here. Next week we're in the final part of this sermon series on the idea of new humanity after we ended in Easter But in Acts chapter 2, when we began this in the very first week here, what we said is that the Spirit of God descended upon the people and he changed them. And then last week when Pastor Jay was here preaching for us on Isaiah 43 with the epic passage, it is God who called you, O Jacob, and named you, O Israel. It it sends chills down my spine to think about that passage because it begins inside there where God says he is the one who has the power to transform through the Spirit. It is God who is the one who does all these things. So there is something powerful about this fresh water, fresh living water. And here's the beauty inside the text that John has just woven through. In John chapter one, through the water. John chapter one, a true worshiper is born. The new humanity is expressed. Jesus symbolically, do you remember this? He goes through the process of baptism and we acknowledge that as he goes through this process, his life is transformed by the Spirit and the Father. I mean, this moment takes place, and we do the same as well. We acknowledge this as well. We say we go, and when we acknowledge that we want to be a follower of Jesus, we get baptized. It is the symbol, the symbol of when we say, hey, I would like my life to be transformed, I do this. In John chapter 2, through the water, when Jesus, at the wedding of Cana, You remember when he takes the the water and he turns it into wine? It is a transformation that takes place inside there where it is transformed. He says, now taste and see, this this is entirely different. They're like, I've never tasted anything like this before. It is different, it is like, it is unheard of. Nobody does something like this. Yes, by the power of Jesus, he can do something that is transformed. In John chapter 3, through the water, when in a darkness, in a state of secrecy and fear, Nicodemus arrives and he hears the story by the water and by the spirit so he can be transformed as well. And then in John chapter 7, I know you're thinking, hang on a second, what happened to John chapter 4? Well, I just wanted to give you a little sneak peek of where the gospel's going so you understand John is on this journey. He goes and says, in John chapter 7, he tells you of this great story at the end here where they have all their feasts. So you understand the Jews lived a lot of ceremonies that they had were all connected to the agricultural system. And they had several feasts that they would celebrate always attributing things and praises to God. Their final feast that they've had, the Feast of the Tabernacles that would take place, was basically where they would tabernacle, they would build tents together at the end of the season where they'd planted everything. And they said, we will now gather together for these eight days. And at the end of these eight days, we will pour, what? Water. And as we pour water into the ground, we will praise and thank God as we celebrate the entire eight days. And we'll say, God, bless this crop so that we may have a harvest. Jesus is there at the Feast of Tabernacles. The disciples come and talk to him, and he says, no, 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 I'm not going to go. I'm just going to hang around. I want to celebrate with the people. They don't understand what the plan is. John 7's writing the story. It says there in John chapter 7 that Jesus then stands up, raises his voice, and this is what he says in John 7, uh, and he kind of like stills the thunder of the priest because as the priest is about to pour the water, Jesus says this, if anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Just when they are thirsty, they're parched, and they're waiting for the priest to pour the water, Jesus clears his throat, stands up in front of the crowd and says, are you thirsty? (laughs) I am the living water. And I will tell you this, that I will bring this living water, and it is the Spirit of God, and it will flow out of your heart, and it will transform you. I mean, he just grabs the rug, pulls it under the feet, and then he disappears. They all longed to be transformed. So now back to John chapter 4, through the water and the transformation, which is our passage for this week. In that moment, Jesus offers the woman from Samaria what she always wanted Jesus knows her, and she gets to know Jesus. And she's always wanted this, and Jesus knew this about her. You know, the well was only about 10 minutes walk from the town. Jesus could have easily walked to town, but he stood behind and he hung around there. You know that she was not expecting anyone to be there either. In fact, as she approaches the well, what a male is supposed to do is step back about seven feet from the well and allow the woman to actually approach the well and not stay there, but Jesus just sits down on the well, doesn't move anywhere. Instead, he will engage a conversation in her space. He asks her to let her have some water to give him some water, and he engages in this conversation. He is the one who actually talks to her to the one who's actually rejected and says, even though you feel rejected, I'm not gonna reject you, and I'm gonna be engaged in this. And when he offers her, this, she starts to get into this great conversation back and forth about what the water is. And when she says fresh water, by the way, when Jesus says fresh water, it was commonly known, they understood, she understood straight away. When he says fresh water, she knows immediately it is spring water, well water and fresh water. And she's looking around thinking, there's no fresh water anywhere to be seen around here. It's a well. So where are you gonna provide me with this fresh water? So Jesus raises the bar, she lowers the bar. He raises it up, she lowers it down. And this conversation just goes up and down, up and down. And you just can't help ourselves. We do the same all the time. We love the well water. We love to moan. Scratch that. We really enjoy to moan. (laughs) We moan a lot. We ignore all the blessings that are taking place. We ignore when we hear the word of God. She goes and even starts to draw lines in the sand. We've ever done that? We've ever compared things? She says, well, what about A and B? And we are contesting this and that. And Jesus like says, I want to raise the conversation up to this level here. I want to bring it up to a, a higher place. I want you to live in a different space with me. I've had one of those weeks. I don't know if you've had one of those weeks either, but I've had one of those weeks. And, um, and, I, and I'll tell you this, that uh, for me, um, as I enjoy this text, as I enjoy this text, I, as I enjoy this text and I think about these things, there are, there are things that take place in these weeks that, that allow me to look at elements inside here that are different than any other times. So I've always said this, that when you look at the Bible, you should always look at a Duplo and a technical Insight. The Duplo is the big picture, technical is small stuff. So I've had one of these weeks where I I said to myself, I don't know why, but around two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning, I'm just wide awake. I'm not tired at all, I just woke up and I thought, I'm just gonna get out of bed real quiet, take a shower, get dressed, and go to church. I think I did pretty well. I don't think I disturbed Becky at all. I, uh, you'll have to ask her, but I think I did a pretty good job at it. So I came to church really early and, uh, and uh, just hung out here and uh, had the opportunity in the stillness and the quiet to be able to just study the text. Extra hours, just beautiful, to be able to spend time just poured in this moment, to be able to read it and listen to it, to read ideas about it. Uh, I listened to the songs about it and man, I tell you, there are many mornings where I just sat here and I just, I wept in good tears. You know that when you have those moments where you weep good tears? These are not tears of regret, uh, but these are tears of connection with Jesus. These are just like good moments. And I know we have this, right? Uh, they're just, they're phenomenal moments when you just feel like you're connected. Two weeks ago, I was uh, having dinner with some friends, Aaron and Dre. And Aaron was telling me that he and his father and a friend were uh, out at the Grand Canyon, and he said, oh, Japheth, I said, it was out the Grand Canyon, I was out there, and I saw God, it was just, it was, I was inspired, it was just beautiful. And I, and I said to him, man, Aaron, I feel the same way when I'm reading Greek in a commentary. And he's like, what, we started laughing, I laughed as well, and, and we kind of came back to it. and I said, no, I do, I do, I feel the same way, I don't have to drive 10,000 hours, I go to my office, I'm like, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> And he's like, no, yeah, it really is. (laughs) It really is. We laughed about it a little bit. But but I'm going to share something with you today that's just amazing in the text in John, in the Greek, in John chapter 4, verse 4. Now, it's really hard to remember that. John chapter 4, verse 4. John chapter 4, for you. Okay, how hard is that? What chapter is it? Four. And it's for you, it's for me, it's for all of us. And this is what the Greek word is. It's very difficult. I'm going to just say it once. And I think you're going to try and say it. And I'll see if you can pronounce it correctly. You ready? A day. Well, my goodness, you guys can speak fluent Greek. (laughs) Here we go. Let's try it again. A day. Now you have to say it with kind of like a, a bit of a growl. And when I explain what it means, you'll understand why. It's a day, a day, because it's what the Bible says, and he a day to pass through Samaria, and he a day. And this is what the Greek idea, our Bible in English just says, and he had to, like, and he had to pass through Samaria, but the Greek inside there says, and he, absolutely had to pass through Samaria when I read that I couldn't leave it I just kept on coming back to it what he absolutely had to pass through this then I looked up where a day appeared elsewhere in the Bible and Luke chapter 24 says the Passover lamb a day to be sacrificed are you with me let's say this again the Passover lamb a day to be sacrificed. It absolutely had to be sacrificed. So Jesus comes along and he had to a day through this. And I think, and my goodness, this is unique. Now, I am studying and preparing for the sermon and I did not talk to Pastor Aaron Hebe about this. I didn't say, hey, choose the songs and she prayed about it and she read the text and she thought about this. So I listened to all the songs that she had chosen for the worship service. And I'm actually thankful that the Holy Spirit spoke to her instead through the fresh living water. <laughs> Much better the Holy Spirit speaks to her. So as I listened to the lyrics this week for the song that happened just before I preached, I was just like in awe because it's like, man, that's, that sounds like the gospel of John. It sounds like it was actually just ringing in my head. And, and this is what the lyrics were and this i want you just to hear this part of the song and as you speak a hundred I wanted to say, if the stars were made to worship, so will I, so will I, a day. That's all I thought of, a day. And I wanted to say that over and over again. If the stars were made to worship a day, absolutely, absolutely, I have to. You have to. Jesus, I said to him, man, you could have gone around Samaria. Man, you could have walked into town. It's a 10-minute walk. You could have stood up and said, I step aside. You could have said, I'm not going to offer her fresh living water. You could have told her, hey, you want to enjoy A and B? That's fine. You could have said, no, I am not going to reveal for the very first time that I am the Messiah. But I absolutely, a day, I had to. You know why? Because she wanted me to say it. So that she, a day, absolutely could say it to others. And that's what she did. Because the secret is in John chapter four, the text continues all the way through, and it just outlines that she just could not stop saying it to everybody else. I absolutely have to tell you, I absolutely, a day, this is the Messiah. What's your a day, my friends? What's your a day? What is God saying to you? You absolutely, absolutely need to declare. His name is so beautiful that you have to say it. Absolutely a day.